Well, as we're ending this series called Philippians today, uh, I wanted you to be able to hear from someone who, um, honestly, I feel like has the most joy of anyone that I've ever met. met. I may be slightly biased because it's my father, but um, I want to share a few things before he comes and and shares with us Philippians chapter 4, if you want to go ahead and uh, turn there in your Bibles. Um, I can remember being uh, in high school. And uh, I remember a time when my dad lost his job, that he was in a committed career. And we were actually joking the other day about the type of retirement that he would be coming into now had he not lost his job. And having every reason uh, to kind of give up on a lot of things in life and just seeing the joy that he had through those moments. I I also remember um, during my college years when my dad really felt impressed that, that God uh, had laid ministry on his heart and in the denomination that we were a part of at the time, he went to pursue getting credentialed and ordained. And I remember when he got the news that because of some issues in his past, they weren't going to ordain him and allow him to be part of that denomination. And, and I remember thinking he's got every reason uh, to kind of give up and, and not keep going. But I remember seeing the joy that he had. And, and some of you may know that he's got some physical issues now. He's being diagnosed with cancer. He had surgery on his neck last year. Um, he's been through a lot. I've seen my dad be, go through a lot and have reason as much as anyone to kind of give up on life and be depressed and not keep pushing through. But uh, to see the inspiration that he's been to others in addition to myself and my family has just been a blessing for me to follow in his example as someone who truly understands what it means to have joy no matter what you go through in life. And so I'm excited today for you to hear from my dad. He's now a corporate pastor at a company uh, here in Barrow County and serves faithfully and always has from day one of Synergy Church. And so would you help me honor my dad, Gary Crawford, by putting your hands together this morning? Well, good morning. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to be here and to share this word, this last uh, sermon in the series of Ephesians, um, or Philippians, excuse me. Uh, Ephesians is one of my favorite books of the Bible, and so is Philippians. Philippians probably has done more to change my life, to give me the joy, the peace, and the, um, the ability to be able to keep on no matter what. And this fourth chapter uh, that Bronson's asked me to bring is probably one of the greatest chapters of telling us how we can live that life out. How no matter what comes in our life, no matter what diversity, no matter what problem, no matter what issue, no matter what struggle, no matter what pain, no matter what hurt, we can do anything with Christ. And if we keep our joy, we can be an example to the world to let people know that, yes, I'm a Christian, and yes, a lot of things happen in my life. It's not a party when you get saved and everything's just always fun. It, a lot of times it just happens that stuff happens, Right? the jobs that we lose, the different things that we go through. But you know what? Paul here is writing to us. And what really impresses me about Paul was, Paul was a man who was like, he studied under like the man who was like the guru of the law. You know, he would be like the the chief supreme court that we would have today. This man knew the law. His name was Gamaeus. And Paul studied under him. And though Paul originally thought he was doing God a favor trying to persecute all the Christians, God had an experience with him. And he realized that there was more to God than he was taught by the law. And so Paul went through a lot of stuff, as, as did all the other apostles that Jesus had. And what Paul was, most of this, he's writing, especially he was in prison when he was talking to us about this. And Paul lived his life out, and we're going to talk about some things that he did 
for us and how that we can uh, do our life the same. So if you will this morning, uh, let's go ahead and um, turn to uh, chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 1 right quick. And I just want to thank Pastor Bronson for allowing me to come and to, uh, to share with you from time to time. Uh, I, I really love God's Word, and I, I really love to see what He does. And it's an honor to be able to stand before you guys, and it's a privilege uh, for me to just stand here. Hope I can give you a word today that you can take home with you. I hope that if you're going through anxiety, worries, pain, suffering, no matter what's going on, that you can live here today knowing that there's nothing you can't accomplish in life. Scripture tells us if we fall down that we pick ourselves back up. And if we fall down seven times, we get up seven times. So let's take a look at what Paul got to say. Let's read uh, verse 1 in chapter 4. He says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, wh whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord. This is the way, dear friends. So you got to realize that Paul was a pastor, and Paul was in prison when he's writing all this. And his message was to the church that we, we're going to face obstacles, you know. And in those obstacles, the message is that we, we just need to be encouraged. And sometimes we just need to encourage ourselves. I'm, I, I look back at when David, uh, he, was, he, was, he was crowned king already. He was anointed to be king. And because of jealousy, he was being sought after and killed by the king himself. And when David continued to run, I remember one time he went to fight the Philippians, and he was, he was running. He was in another country. And, and the leaders of the Philippians said, no, this guy used to work for Saul. We don't want to go to battle with him. So they sent David back and wouldn't let him fight. But when David and his men got back to their families, they realized that they had taken all of the family. They had been coming, but a, another army had come in, taken all their possessions, all their wives, all their families, and they were all mully-grubbing. They had their heads down. They, were, they felt like they were defeated. And I'll never forget what Scripture says, that David said he encouraged himself in the Lord. And he began to put his shoulders back, and he began to straighten his armor up, and he began to look, and he said, you know what? I'm going to get my family. Y'all can sit here and whine and cry, but I'm going to get my family. And Scripture tells us how he went and did that. But see, David encouraged himself in the Lord. And what we have to do in our lives so many times is we have to ourselves encourage ourselves in the Lord to take it to the next step, to take it to the next day. Sometimes we have to take it a minute at a time instead of an hour at a time. See, we're talking about the joy story here today. And one, one day as I travel, I go to different job sites and I minister to guys. And one day I went to this job site. And the first guy I saw on the job site, I said, hey, how you doing today? How's it going? He goes, it's great. I'm having a great day. And I'm like, wow. You know, normally you don't hear people, especially in a construction job, out doing work in the weather, saying it's a great day. It's like, so it took me kind of by surprise. And I said, well, really? I said, tell me what it is that gives you such a great day today and, and such joy. He says, well, you know, a long time ago. I just realized that it was up to me to have a good day. He said, I get up every morning and I tell myself, it's a good day. He said, I come out and I have a good day. And I smile and I go on. I'm like, that was excellent. I took a hint from that. And I think we can all walk away from here today realizing that if we'll just decide it's going to be a good day, no matter what comes through Christ, we'll be able to do that. The revelation of chapter 4, though, here. It's not just to keep going, but Paul said, not just to keep going, but I want you to have fun while you're doing it. Life is supposed to be fun. Life is not supposed to be all anxiety and all worries. And I think we'd bring a lot of that on ourselves. But Paul's saying, forget about the cares of this world. Forget about what's going on in life. Let's have fun while we're doing what God's put us here to do. Let's move forward. Let's smile. Let's enjoy life. Let's keep going. Okay, so in verse 4, Paul comes to us again, and he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I, I will say it again, rejoice. Not only was it good enough to say rejoice, he said, but let me say it again, rejoice. Have fun, smile. 
One time I heard this guy, he was saying, he says, you know, he said, hey, take, take these two fingers right here and put them up like that. And I said, I'll put them up like he said, now put them up to your lips. And I put them up, he said, now push up. And he said, now ain't that smile better than the frown? I'm like, hey, you know, so sometimes we just need to smile. You know what we say? We catch ourselves mother grubbing. What's going on? We just need to sometimes take time to smile. Our joy will influence the world around us, Okay. If we're going to be Christians and we're always damned, we're always complaining, we're always whining, how do the people around us react? How do they think, hey, do I really want to be a Christian or what? You know, we, we are setting examples. We are influencing people's lives. So for the past three weeks, Pastor Bronson's been talking to us uh, on Philippians here and about the joy, and he's been giving us some joy killers, hasn't he? Each week he's been giving us. We'll see what Paul's doing right here in chapter 4. Paul is giving us the big joy killer. This is the big one. The number one one right here is what Paul's saying. And so let's look at the joy killers he's got here. Let's look in verse six. And he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your, present your request to God. And so anxiety is talking about, it's really the chief joy stealer. Anxiety, when we get anxiety, we get worried. It steals all of our joy. You know, um, he's saying by prayer and petition, excuse me, um, anxiety just means between or to be pulled uh, in different directions, okay? It, it just means that we're, we're, we're between hope and, and, and fear. And so many times we're like, we, we want to have joy, but we're, we're, we're just pulled. We're in this struggle. So, so too often in our lives we're hoping for a promotion maybe. You know, our finances are bad. If we could just get this promotion, you know, it's almost there. And I, I've worked for it, and I should be able to get it. But at the same time, instead of hoping for it, we begin to say, well, I, I know I'm probably not going to get it, you know. And I know a lot of times parents will say, you know, I really hope that my kids really get into the church and they really get in to knowing God and really get to studying their Bible so that they'll be a Christian. You know, I know I can't force them to do certain things, but I want them to live a good life. I want them to have that great life, the joyful life. But in the, in the same instance, we begin to say, well, you know what, there's a lot of stuff and, and a lot of things pull them away and, and all these different things, you know, maybe they won't. So, you know, what am I going to do? You know, be joyful. Just give them an example. Let's give them hope to look for. You know, we live our lives in so many situations that we're, we're right between that hope and fear all the time. And God knows that. He knows right where we're at. So we don't need to worry about if God's here. What he, God knows where we're at. He knows our hearts. He knows where we're at, okay? So today we're going to learn how we can set free, to, to be set free from anxiety, you know? We don't want to have to go through anxiety all the time. And, and face it, most of the time, the anxiety that we face in our own lives is because we brought it there. We either live our life out of our means or we, we, uh, we just do something that causes a, a cause and effect, a domino effect, and it affects us. Basically, we just need to let go and let God in our lives. We just need to begin to, to put the Bible into practice. And, and in this fourth chapter right here, it's so good. So let me give you three things that are so powerful and free, okay, that will just really just give our lives that freedom. God's Word is true, and we can trust God's Word every time. So the first one right here we're going to talk about before we really get into how Paul is going to tell us how to have joy, let's talk about the things that really kills our joy. The first one is our worry, okay? What do you think are the top four things that Americans worry about? Think about that in your mind just a minute and think. What, what are the four, the four top things that you worry about? Well, surveys have been taken all over the United States and America, and these are the four things that these, these pollsters have come up with. They say the number one thing that Americans worry about is health. The number two things is about their family. The number three thing is about the economy, which we know that's thinking. But the fourth thing really surprised me. The fourth thing that Americans worry about is terrorism. 
And every day on the news, we're seeing more and more and more. So Satan is this coming, and he will terrorize our lives. As long as we keep letting the things of this world influence us instead of the things of, of God's world, we're going to worry, we're going to have anxiety, we're going to have fears, we're going to have all kinds of stuff in our lives. So these are the big things that cause us to worry. So those four things, right? But if I can find out that even in my own life, most of the time it's the little small things that really bring me down. It's the small things, not the big things. I can get through the big things sometimes, you know, but it's those little things that, that get me down sometimes. So the, but the root word for worry is struggle. You ever struggle? Do you ever feel like sometimes the things in life has got you by the throat and it's choking you, it's struggling you, it's strangling you? You can't breathe. You're, you're, you're trying to get your, your breath because it's just, I, I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't uh, how, how we're struggling. And that's just all it really worries that. The sad thing is that worry can't change anything. No matter what we do, no matter how much we worry, no matter how much time we spend worrying, it's not going to change anything. But the thing that will change anything is when we go say, God, I got a situation. And most of the time I have to tell him, and I got myself into this. It wasn't you. It was me. But I need your help. I'm going to give it to you, God. And I need you to get me through this. The second thing is our joy killers is our why. Our worries was the first one. And now we have this why? The why questions in life are like the financial issues, the relationship issues. They're the, uh, why did this person die? You know, why did I lose my job? You know, why can't I find another job now? Uh, why did this happen to me? Why, what did I deserve? I don't even deserve this. Those are the questions that we ask why. It, but most likely, we're never going to even find the answers to those. God's usually not even going to give us the answers. You know what? Because those answers, if we got them, probably would just create more questions for us. And it's still not going to solve the problems we're in. What other our questions ended up doing in our lives? They usually just bring frustration. They bring us to a place where we begin to bring fault on others or we bring fault on ourselves for this. They, they don't do anything. It, it, it separates from God and it creates anxiety in our lives and it steals our joy. It steals our peace. It steals our love sometimes uh, that we have. And the third thing we got to get across in these joy killers is the who. It's the worry, it's the what, and the who's. We all know who the who is. We all have one of those who's in our life. Sometimes it's, it's that person who walks into the room, and when they do immediately, you just feel this, this tension, this, this, this hurt, this pain. And sometimes it's a boss that walks in the room, and you're like, oh, you just want to hide. And sometimes it's that coworker, you know. Sometimes it's even a family member. Most of us have a family member sometimes, and when we get together for the holidays, when that person shows up, it's like, Oh, man, they came again. It's, something always crazy happens when this person comes, or there's always friction between me and I don't know why it is that me and this family member are always at it. I don't understand. It's the worry. It's the anxiety. It's the, it's the, the who. And what does it really matter? Because we, we have inside of us all that it takes to, to press on past that. We just got to get there. Anyone that we have an issue with or a problem that mere presence that just gives us that thing, we don't have to do that. All we have to do is sometimes is to begin to say, I'm going to have a good day. This is a good day. This is going to be a great day. And we just let the love of God begin to flow through us and out of us because if we'll let it come in, it'll flow back out, okay? Anxiety in our lives in any form is real. We know that. It, it, there's a cause for it. There's a reason for it. The anxiety and the worry, it's always there. But the reality is anxiety is not going to go anywhere either. 
It's going to be here in this world. As much as we would like for everything to just work out in life, face it, it's not going to be like that. For many, anxiety and worry control your life. That's all you, you every day you're a struggle. You're in a struggle. You're, you're not in any peace. And you want to have the joy so bad, but you just don't understand how you're going to get it. You can't get past, past the, 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 the issues that are there, okay? The reality check is that we're going to have to start with the fact that it's not just going to change. And if we can get to that point and realize, you know what, it's not going to change. It's always going to have things going on. We just got to learn how to move through them and keep our joy, okay? And the answer is not that all that stuff to just go away. It really is not the answer. Because face it, Jesus gave us an example of things just happened to him that he didn't deserve. He didn't deserve to die on the cross. He didn't deserve to be mocked or ridiculed. He didn't deserve to be beaten. And I heard somebody post on Facebook this week. It's like, you know what? I'm glad God don't take a day out of his life and just say, you know what? I'm going to check out. I'm going to sit on the couch. I'm going to watch TV. I'm just going to cover up and sit by the fireplace. And, and I'm going to let everybody in the world just worry about themselves today. And it's like, that's the truth. You know what? I'm glad that God doesn't. So through his example, we shouldn't take the day off either. Okay? If you're facing worry and anxiety today, you can leave here different in your life. You can leave here a change. You can make up your mind. You can take up what Paul's telling us as we move on, and you can make a difference, okay? You can leave here feeling different, have a joy for the rest of your life. It's your choice. It's your choice, and it's my choice that we make that decision. And God has hope for us, and he has a promise. That's what I live for every day. That's what changed my life is when I begin to read God's word and find out that he has hope for me, and most of all, he has a promise. And as long as I do my part of the promise, if, if I tell you, Alan, you know what, man? If, um, if you'll just take me to the ball game next week, you know what? I got this, whatever, and Alan's, I don't know what Alan's, we haven't really talked, but this, this thing that he's always wanted, you know, I got this thing, and it's like I'm not really using it. You know, it's, just, it's this old car that's been sitting in the garage, and I know Alan likes old cars. If he did, I'm like, I'll give you that car, man, it's yours. And Alan comes to us, he goes, whoa, 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 you don't even know what you got there. That's, man, I've been dreaming about something. like I can take that thing and, and, and do it. And I said, let's drive it home. I'll take it now. I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. We've got to go to the ball game first. Remember, you, you do that, and then you get that. Well, that's what God does to us. Look, I'm going to do this for you if you'll do this. And many times we want God to give us, but we forget to keep our side of the bargain, right? Let's look at what he said in John 16, 33. Let's go off track just a second. In John 16, 33, he said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. See, that was Jesus talking. He says, you're going to have tribulation, but don't worry about it. I'm going to give you peace. Take heart. Have joy, okay? So Jesus is prominent. You know what? In the middle of all the craziness and reality and all the worries, the whys and the whos, they're not going to go anywhere. So why don't you just grab a hold of me and hold my hand and let's just stroll down life's peaceful highway and just take a lot of people with us and let's just smile on the way, okay? We're going to talk about the key to joy. Let's go back to chapter 4 and verse 10 and 12. We're going to read them and it says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renew your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content. Learned and content. We're going to come back to those. Those are very important. He says, for I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. 
I know what is to be in, I know what it is like to be in need, and I know what it's like to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. See, right there, Paul gives us the key, keys to joy in these verses. You know, we, we need to remember what Paul spoke. We need to remember that while Paul was writing these words and he penned these to the Philippian church, he was in prison. He had joy. Always them guys had joy in prison. Learn. We just learned. He learned to ha- he, he has learned to be content. Okay? Learn this means I'm in the habit or I have decided. He's saying, I have decided. I've learned that nothing really, all this stuff don't really matter. It doesn't do nothing but steals my joy. It keeps me down. But I have learned or I've come into the habit of being content. And content just means that I'm free from external Things. I'm, I'm free for all the external fanfare, all the issues that goes into life, okay? So what we got to do is make a decision to have joy every day. And if we can do that, if we can make up our mind, it's a good day. Why is it a good day? Because I've decided it's a good day. And because God gave me his word. And through his word, I'm going to go live out my joy. He's, he's, he's walking with me, okay? So if you're going to be set free from all your anxieties in our lives, it's going to become a, a choice that we make, Okay? We're going to have to take the joy decision, and, and every day, this is just to get up and say, joy, 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 joy. I think Bronson quoted this song a few weeks ago, joy, 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 down in my heart, I got the joy. That's what we got to take. That's what it's all about, okay? At the end of this series, and at the end of the incredible book of Philippians, as all of this is coming to an end, Paul in this chapter, in the last chapter of Philippians, in this last, last few verses, he, he, he says, let's just take the decisions, Okay? The reality, let's say, he just says, I choose joy, not the anxiety, not the worries, not the things of life. He says, he says, whatever I make my decision in prison, in my struggle, in my situation, in my own worries, in my own craziness that goes on in the circumstances, he says, I'm going to choose joy. And we have to do that. In the middle of our worries, the who's, the why's, and all of that going on, we have that decision. Let's choose joy. And then we can get to the joy of life. Paul finished the book of Philippians by telling us how we can make the decision to choose joy. He's been there. He's lived it out, okay? The next three steps that I'm going to tell you, these are the steps that Paul gives us. He lived these principles out in his life in prison. And he actually had joy. These three principles, they're like, um, they're, 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 they could be applied to our lives today, but they're provisional. They kind of stack up on each other like a foundation, like a building. You have to put the foundation, then you put in the subfloor, then you build in the walls on it. So Paul's going to give it. So to make the joy decision every day, these are three things that we have to do in our lives, okay? Number one, Paul says, pray about everything. Pray about everything. In verse six, he tells us this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. There he goes. Paul is saying, worry about nothing, but pray about everything. How many times do we get down and just pray about what God's asking us to do? Pray simply means that we're addressing God about something. God, I got a situation. I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill. Or this person at work, they're always on my case. and I don't, I don't know how to handle them, God, because I'm doing the best I can. Petition this means that we come in a humble and serene way, and we're telling God something that's going on in our life. And then when we finish telling him, we just say, And God, this is really how I would like for you to answer this problem. Could you do that for me? Sometimes you might. We just got to be sure we're asking the right solution, okay? And Thanksgiving is just, it's by faith 
I, I believe that you can do this, God. So right now, I'm thanking you already that it's already done. Okay? That's what we got to do it. Now, verse 7, let's look at what he says. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay? So when we have peace, we can live out the joy. When we lose our joy, we don't have the peace. We can't get through. Everything seems to be so cluttered up and so, so chaotic. And what we have to do is keep that peace. The number two things that we have to do is think about right things, okay? And he says in verse 8, and this is the verse that when me and my wife got our lives on track for God and really gave our whole heart, soul, mind, and body to him, this is, the, this is where we got our motto. If it don't glorify God, we don't do it. And, and that was how we raised our children. This is how we lived our lives, and we still try to do the best of our ability today. Verse 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. That's a mouthful. That's a, that, that is that is a thesis in its own, that verse. There's so many negative things in our world today. We've got so many things to, to try to pull us back. Uh, it's like we, we can say, well, those things don't really affect me. I can read that book. I, I can read that. We can go to that movie or, or, you know, I can just watch that TV show. I know there's some bad stuff in it, but, you know, it's just, this, this is a new society. This is the new day, you know. I mean, I'm a Christian, so I'm okay. But face it. You can't, you can't watch a hundred people get murdered in a movie. You can't watch scene after scene of nudity, nudity and sex. You can't listen to cuss word after cuss word after cuss word in TV shows and movies and not have it affect you negatively. What it does, it begins to bring anxiety into your life because those things are something that he just said whatsoever things are pure holy just trustworthy meditate on these things so when we begin to 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 push the line to be able to say you know it, it's okay just a little bit of it it begins to bring these things in our life that really brings out the hurt and the pain all neg negativity is doing is just stealing our joy okay so god if, if you don't feel those those little negative things coming in your life sometimes, you, you probably need to check your life to see where your relationship is with God because, see, the Holy Spirit's the one that's in here saying, oh, okay, you're getting off track. You're, you're, you're pushing the fence a little bit. You know, you're getting, you're getting too close to the edge. Step back this way a little bit. You know, the, the cars, the, the, the sound system, or I guess the security system on one car I heard years ago, it's like you walk up beside, it's like, beep, 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 beep. You are too close. Please step back. And I'm like, whoa, I'm looking for somebody. It was like, it was kind of scary. I've never seen a car like that before. I sat there mall one day. So I think sometimes the Holy Spirit is saying, beep, 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 beep. You were too close. You were too close to the outer edge. Please step back. And if we step back, that negativity begins to flow back away from us. We begin to let the, the pure things in life do it. So we can get rid of those struggles. Um, we have to ask ourselves so, much, so many times, how much time am I spending with God? If you say, well, I'm spending two or three minutes a day with God, then we got to realize that, you know, in two or three minutes with God, but we're spending eight or 10, 12 hours on social medias and TVs and movies, how's that balancing out, okay? If we hang out with the right people, we're going to do the right things, okay? But if we hang out with the wrong people, we're probably going to do the wrong things, and we're going to have that worry. We're going to have that stress. We're going to have that anxiety in our lives when things don't go right because the negativity of the world begins to pull at us. Okay, let's look at verse 9. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Wow, 
The promise here is if we get peace again, which is the opposite of anxiety, right? We get peace and we can live that life of joy if, what does he say? We stay away from the things of the world, but stay close to the things of God. Okay? Number three we got to do is trust God in all things. God is fighting for you, and you can trust God. Let's look at verses 12 and 13 as we come right here. I know what it's to be. I know what it's like to be in need, and I know what it's like to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. At the end of the day, anxiety is simply marking the spot, okay? It's simply marking the spot where we mistrusted God. When we look at that treasure map, it's got the X, that's where the treasure is. When we've got anxiety and worry, all we're doing is marking the spot in our lives where we've drifted away from God, where we, we, we let God be on the perimeter instead of inside. And we've got to get back to that God. Romans 8, 31 says, what then shall we say in in response to these things. If God is for us, who can be against us? If we let God be in the middle of our life, who can be against us? We've got to take his word and put it into our lives, you know? So we're on this joy journey, right? Let's see, let's see what he says in 21, how to get through this joy journey. 21 through 23 says, Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me need uh, send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. So see, we've got to choose joy. Who was, who was, he was talking about Caesar's household. See, there were servants that Caesar had who were coming to minister to Paul while he was in jail. He was giving them the joy, the peace that he had. And they were going back and telling other people in the castles and through the towns. They were going out. That's what we should be doing. We should be getting the joy of Christ in our lives so that we can go out and reach Caesar's household. And in closing, I'm going to tell you about a person that I know, a lady who has been through more things in her life, more circumstances, somebody who should be worried more than anybody I know, but she doesn't. Her name is Brenda Tillotson. She's actually my wife's sister and Pastor Bronson's aunt. See, Brenda's story began on July the 4th, 2005, when she had a brain aneurysm that ruptured and she collapsed, and she had to be life-flighted to Duke, Duke University. Brenda... Uh, was in a surgery for about three or four hours. And when the family, the doctor finally came out to the family, he told her husband, look, you need to go ahead and find a nursing home because your wife is never going to know who you are. She's never going to be able to look at you. She's not going to know who anybody is. She's going to be a vegetable. He said, this aneurysm is rated at a five. I rated it at a five and it don't get any worse than that. And my wife said at the time, oh no, my sister, God will heal her. And he says, look, I've been doing this for 28 years. This is as bad as it gets. I'm telling you, she's not going to get better. And my wife said, yes, she will. God can heal her. So Brenda had a tough time, okay? She, uh, she was in a coma for three weeks. She didn't respond. After she, after she began to come out of the coma, it was another uh, nine months that she stayed in the hospital non-responsive. She could move her eyes sometimes, begin to move. But she, and then eventually, after that nine months progressed, she began to move other parts of her body. And eventually she came out of that. And, um, but for the, over the next nine years coming up to now, 
Brenda's been in and out of hospitals, in and out of doctor's office over and over and over because the medicine she takes to fix this and the medicine she takes to counter that, it's, it's worked on her bladder, it's worked on her kidney, it's worked on her liver, she's had heart issues. And I can't tell you, I don't even remember the times that, that we've called and, and she's in the hospital and she's in there for several days or weeks. But the real miracle of Brenda's story is this. Brenda, her husband, and her young daughter, at the time this all happened, they were never going to church. They didn't go to church. They didn't serve God. They didn't read the Bible. But through all of this, it brought her back to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. Okay? After getting out of the hospital and going home, she spent another year in a hospital bed in her house. Her husband had to change her diapers. They had to do everything. She couldn't do anything. But progressively, God began to heal her little by little. And Brenda, she's, she's just got this most joy. You know, they, her and her whole family began to go to church after she got out of that hospital bed. She began to read the Bible. She began to grow. She began to study. And you know what Brenda does? She's out feeding Caesar's palace. He's, she's reaching those people. When she's in the hospital, the doctor's office, she tells her story. She tells the miracle of what God did. And as she's telling the story, she's full of joy. She's bubbled up. She goes, you know what? They say, how do you go through that? You've been through so much stuff. She goes, her favorite saying now is, it's just another hurdle. God's got this. And she's got so much joy and so much peace. We were just there this, this weekend because she had called um, Kathy, my wife, and she was telling her, she, you know, a couple of weeks ago she was in the hospital and they diagnosed her with uh, rectal cancer. I'm like, God, really? A another issue, God? All that she's been through? Really? And we talked to Brenda, she goes, ah, this is just another hurdle. I get to tell more people my story. I'll go see more people. So she, she, she called me, she was after kid. Please come up, please come up and see me. I want y'all to be here. So we went up Friday morning. She wanted us to go to her first treatment. Actually, it wasn't the treatment. They took her to the hospital. She had an appointment just like they were going to do. Actually, what they were going to do was give her chemo and radiation both at the same time. She's going to have to go five days a week for the next six weeks and have this stuff. And it takes about two hours, two and a half hours to go through it. So they took her in, took her back, did everything they're going to do when she starts Monday. She actually starts tomorrow, except they didn't give her the radiation and the chemo. But they wanted her to know what's going. They wanted her not to have anxiety when she got there. But she's like, she was a little nervous. But then she says, it's just another hurdle. And we laughed and we talked on the way home and we had a great time this weekend. So my question to you is this weekend, do you have joy? Do you have peace in your life? Do you really trust God? Can you really say you can? If you will, I want you to just bow your heads for this the next minute or two. I don't want you to just kind of reflect on where your life is today. Are you anxious about anything? Are you worried about anything? Do you want to just decide to just not worry about it? God can give you the peace that passes all understanding. So you've had it a minute or two. I want to pray for you. That if, you're, if you're struggling with worry, if you've got the whys, the, 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 the what and the who in your life, if you've got the, 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 this, the life that's got so many things that's coming against you and you don't know how you're going to get through it, I promise you there's nothing you're going through that God can't do. It. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We can do all things, he says. So if you will, with nobody looking around, nobody's eyes open, if you're going through anxiety and you, you would like for me to pray for you, would you just, just lift up your hand so I can see you, so I can just...
put you in my mind so I could just lift you up and let, let God give you that peace that passes on her saying, okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. You can put your hands down. Anybody else before I pray? Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? If we were all honest, I think we could all raise our hand because I know even in the midst of my storm, sometimes at first I begin to, to ask questions to God and, and get a little anxious. A little anxious this morning getting up here to be tell you the truth. Let me pray for you. And thank you for raising your hands as I did. And I promise you, I'll be praying for you throughout this week and next week about your, your situations. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come before you right now, Father. We're lifting up these people, Father, these situations that's going on in their life. And Father, you know every one of them. You know their heart. You know the anxiety. You know the things that are still in their joy. The people, the, the things, the stuff. Father, I just pray that, that they would begin to Lean not on their own understandings, but in all their ways acknowledge you, Father. I know you're, you're going to direct our paths, Father. Whether it be finances, Father, whether it be jobs, whether it be people, whether it be health, Father. So many times, anxiety, Father, it just steals our health, Father. It can kill us. So I pray, Father, right now that you would bring the peace that passes all understanding in their lives, Father. That you would encourage them, Father. That you would allow them, deep inside them, to begin to, to raise up the Holy Spirit that's living inside. We'll begin to raise up in them and, and begin to shout it out to them. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself in the Lord, Father. And all we got to do is just reach up our hands in our prayer closets, Father, at home. And instead of crying and worrying, Father, all we need to do is raise up our petition to you, Father. And just say, Father, this is what's going on in my life. And this is how I'd like for you to, to work it all out, Father. Could you please do that, and Father? And I'm putting my trust and my hope in you, Father. And I'm asking you, Father, to give me my joy back, Father. I don't want to worry. I don't want to have all these things in my life. I want to have joy in my life, Father. Thank you, Father, right now. I'm thanking you that right now they're beginning to feel your peace, Father. They're beginning to feel that anxiety leave, Father. I rebuke that anxiety in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and him who was crucified for our sins. Father, I rebuke that doubt. I rebuke that, 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 that health issue, that financial issue. I rebuke, Father, the enemy who tries to get them and steal their joy, Father. So thank you, Father, right now that you're bringing peace into their lives. And to you be the glory and honor and praise, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.